This is the day which the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Hello, Metro FM family. This is your brother Jonathan with DHL Ministries. Decisions, Habits, Lifestyle Ministries. Encouraging you in discipleship at least two times a week, unless you tune in with us in our other venues, which I'll mention at the end. Now, look, today we're going a little bit old school, which I'm grateful for. Yeah, my laptop acted up a little bit, and so I have this beautiful situation here with several Bibles out. I'll have to roam through my phone as I record and I have my notes over here to the side. But I have to tell you, this throwback moment is actually more satisfying. And I think with the exception of composing the notes to send to the WhatsApp group, I think I'm going to go back to doing my study with pen and paper. It was so much richer to do it that way. And so I thank you for bearing with me during these transition times, the sound effects of maybe pages turning or Bibles moving or phone moving. And I hope that you feel that this is something that you want to do, that you want to have your Bible out and have your paper out and write down the scriptures because you can't conveniently flip through them on a digital format. It's so much more tangible and it leaves you with greater reward to do it that way. I know at times things can be more productive with technology, but I will tell you this, the longer you spend in the presence of God, even if it's because you have to write something down by hand, the richer the moment. And so leaving you with that, we are jumping into chapter two, but we're going to park there for a minute. Chapter two begins discussing the different types of churches, and it is really worth the time to pause on each church and consider what's being said to them and to see the principle there and see how it applies to us. So I hope you're not in a hurry because this can be a really uh, enriching time where you can understand, depending on the name of the church, you can understand um, the different books in the Bible that are talking to those churches. You can really feel the pulse on the situation at hand that is summarized here in Revelation. You can also see some churches here that may not be mentioned as much throughout the rest of the Bible or the New Testament, but it's still enriching. So these seven churches are addressed individually, and we're going to start with the church in Ephesus. Ephesus, and yeah, there is a New Testament book to the Ephesians, so something you may want to connect early there. But let's read the first several verses, 1 through 7, to get the groundwork laid a little bit, and then we'll choose where we're going to park and discuss what's going on here. Amen? We're in the book of Revelation, chapter 2, starting at verse 1 all the way to verse 7, and it reads, Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things saith he that upholdeth, he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works, and thy labor, and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil, and thou hast tried them, 
which say they are apostles and are not, and has found them liars, and has borne and has patience for my name's sake, hast labored and hast not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. But this thou hast, that thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Amen, amen. May God bless the reading and the hearing of his word today as we go into this book here and see what God is saying to the seven churches. Now, each church has a character, and we're going to reiterate this every time we get together. Each church has a certain character. And you can see that character, and you might gravitate towards one church and be like, this is me, or you think this is you. But realize that in our Christian walk, we may express these characters one time this church, one time that church. And he's talking about a body of believers. So remember, the church or the called out ones who are gathered together are there for a purpose. And we should be united in one mind and one accord. We should have some basic elements of these gatherings. And we should have a desired goal of these gatherings and the united gifts of these groups of called out ones are to be used for the glory of the kingdom of God. So as we operate in our own personal life and we have accountability through the people around us, the church is also accountable for its impact in the community for the kingdom of God. And so it is so important to realize the character or personality of the church, to realize where God is going with that. You see, members come and go. But the reason it's so important to have the structure of leadership is to be able to see the pulse of where those gifts are in that body of believers that have submitted themselves to God and wanted to come together to support that group. Remember, the focus is on the group, not the building. The focus is on reaching the people and not building more, more buildings in different communities. The focus should be on intimate connection and not distant pre-recorded stuff. Now I'm talking about real here, okay guys? In the midst of all that's been going on, somewhere between um, tiny and mega is where God wants the called out ones. It needs to be close enough knit to care for one another, close enough in size so that the leaders can see where God's moving that vision and close enough in size so that it can be inter intimately interacted with with those that are the framework or the leadership of that group. Why? Because there's a purpose and you can't feel the pulse of that purpose if you're dealing with tens of thousands of people. Remember, even when Moses 
was in the wilderness, he told him separate the people and put them in groups and then appoint people over the groups. Remember that Jethro, his father and all, gave him that advice because he can wear himself out taking care of all these things. And so God wants intimate groups of called out ones or believers. The word ecclesia means called out ones. He wants intimate groups. Amen. But notice in this section that we read, and as we read about each church, you're going to see here that God praises believers for their successes and tells them how to correct their failures. Now, if you're hearing this today, this is great news, right? Because if you're hearing this today, it's not too late to change. God will praise and encourage you for your successes. You'll feel that. You'll feel You'll feel his acknowledgement as you read the word of God, as you consider things well, as you talk with him in prayer, in privacy. You will realize how much he knows you. And he's not surprised by the mistakes we make. He celebrates with us in the victories we have. And he encourages us through the times of trial. God knows us. He knows us. Just as with the seven churches, as he acknowledges the things they're doing right and he encourages them and corrects them so they can make changes, he cares about you and I. He cares and wants each church and each one of us to reach our greatest potential. In an ideal expression, parenting has this emphasis. If we had all been raised up and Maybe there's quite a few of you that have had a biblical and functioning family unit to raise you. And so all of this is registering true with you. You're like, yes, just like my parents recognized my potential and encouraged me in it and yet loved me enough to correct where I was going wrong, give me time to change. But many, many people in this world have either had the opposite of that or some version that is not as caring and supporting or acknowledging or they've had something harmful now something in between would be if your parents neglected to give you any structure or any correction or any guidance at all so all of those things with the exception of the ideal that's being mentioned here leave empty spaces or leave a lack of connection and understanding if you had been raised in that functioning Christian family unit these churches the message will be raised to the surface with you more quickly than the rest of us you'll see it and go yes of course that's what my family did and so the rest of us have to understand that this is this is what love is this is what commitment is and you can choose to express it in your friendships that you want each church you want each person you want each family member to reach their greatest potential and so you're going to praise them Notice how that's first. You're going to praise them for their successes and tell them how to correct your failures. Okay? Amen? A lot of messages inside here when you start to read this section of Scripture. And I've highlighted a few, and I hope you don't hear all this tapping on the phone. But he says that, I know your deeds, I know your toil, in verse 2. I'm reading from the Amplified now. I know your deeds and your toil and your patient endurance and that you cannot tolerate those who are evil and have tested and critically appraised those who call themselves apostles, meaning special messengers, personally chosen, representatives of Christ. And in fact, they're not. So they, they've, they've praised them and then found out they're not and have found them to be liars and imposters. 
You see how he's praising them very specifically. And I know, verse 3, that you who believe are enduring patiently and are bearing up for my name's sake, and that you have not grown weary of being faithful to the truth. Can you hear how rich that is? Look at verse 4. But I have this charge against you, that you have left your first love and have lost the depth of love that you first had for me. That's a charge against them. Let's pause there before we read one more or two more verses of emphasis. God is holding this charge against them, saying, you've left your first love or the things you've done to develop and grow in me, the affection you've had towards me, the intimacy you wanted with me, the way you prayed with me with the tale based on the word of God. You've left this first love. See, you shouldn't leave that first phase. It should develop into something greater. All right, let's talk about a relationship now. When you first met your wife and you were courting, there was, a, there was an intensity about your interest in her. There was a detail in which you expressed that interest. You studied her in a very healthy, wholesome way to find out her likes and dislikes. And you appealed to those. And you resisted those things that you knew she didn't like. You had this going on with the hopes of catching her attention and winning her heart. Now, if you've done this in a Christian way, you studied to show yourself approved, but you also studied because as a woman of God, she expected to hear the word of God. Now, vice versa also. It goes the other way, ladies. Don't feel left out. As you saw the man of God that you wanted for yourself, you, you spent a little more time on yourself. Amen? You, you talked with your sisters about this person and found out their testimony. You listened when they shared the word, either in your conversation or a few pews back. You listened attentively, and as you heard the Word of God being shared accurately, as you heard the power of their testimony, maybe in a study group you were all in, there was something that leapt inside of you. You were thrilled by it, and you respected them and showed that respect. Two basic fundamentals I'm going to mention here. Basically, women need to know they are loved. They need to know that commitment is there. However, whatever it takes... And need to register with women consistently that they are indeed loved, which doesn't mean just affectionately. It means in commitment. They need that reinforcement, that encouragement to feel secure and strong and safe. Men in general need to know that they are respected. They need to feel respected. And this is how when women call men into their role as spiritual head of the family, it calls him to that level of respect. It charges him with a responsibility. And just like God has done the churches to each one, we need to love each other enough to praise often the things that we see God doing in one's life and their obedience and their level of commitment. And we also need to correct or call people to their great potential in the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. Well, two more verses here, but I have this charge against you that you have left your first love. We just said that, right? And you have fallen. So remember the heights from which you have fallen and repent. Change your inner self, verse 5. Your old way of thinking, your sinful behavior. Seek God's will and do the works which you did at first when you first knew me. Otherwise, I will visit you and remove your lampstand. We'll talk about that, meaning the impact of the church. From its place, unless you repent. And finally, the last verse we'll cover today. Yet you have this to your credit that you hate the works and corrupt teachings of the Nicolaitans. 
the ones that mislead and delude people. That's who they were, which I also hate. You see how he brings that in? And he says what he enjoys about them. He corrects them and gives them a chance to change. And yet he brings it home with the reality that they'll lose their impact. That's what it means. Taking the lampstand means losing their impact. And he gives them a final word of encouragement. This is a technique that is very useful. It needs to be genuine, though, in correcting and guiding and encouraging and helping people to realize their potential and redirecting them towards that goal. We don't want to lose our impact as individuals, as ambassadors of the kingdom of God. We don't want our church to lose its impact. That's what it's talking about. And so you're going to study this out, and I'm going to shoot the notes or send the notes to the WhatsApp group with the cross-references. And I encourage you to study this out. So many mis-expressions or things picked out of the book of Revelation or presented as mysteries that are quite clear. And seeing how it applies to you right now is so important. Okay, well listen, if you're listening to this and you don't know Jesus Christ personally, whether you need to be restored in that reality or whether you don't know him at all, ABC, it's a way we'd use to remember it so we can share it with other people, but also so you can remember it yourself. A, admit you're a sinner. It just means you know you've missed the mark of God's calling on your life. Just admit it and B, believe, trust and rely upon the truth that Jesus Christ died for you and he rose again and he's there to intercede or reconnect you with the Father in a relationship and C, confess that to someone. Say, I've done this. I want to change. I'm turning around. Help me to become who I'm supposed to be in Jesus Christ. And if you want other ways to connect with us, there are many. We are DHL Ministries and charging with the Great Commission to make disciples or serious students of the Word of God, not just converts, but disciples. You can find us on YouTube if you search DHL Ministries. Of course, we're here twice a week on Radio Box with this wonderful channel. You know, Metro FM has been so supportive for such a time. 94.5 if you want to pick it up on your radio in Zambia, Lusaka, Zambia. You can find us on the Anchor app if you want to download it. You can find us on Spotify and you can find us on iTunes and Google Podcasts. This very message will be linked and sent by podcast to the WhatsApp group. So if you want to join the WhatsApp group and get the notes and 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 see all some of the behind the scenes and eventually you're going to get more and more notes about these chapters. Thank you for praying for me and understanding group. I appreciate you. Go ahead and text or call 260-97-583-6324. Go ahead and text to join the WhatsApp group 260-97-583-6324. If you can't figure out how to do it on WhatsApp, just call that number and talk with the gentleman, the brother in Christ, the amazing man of God, and give him your phone number and he'll go ahead and put it in. And we want to see you here each and every time we're here. We're here on Wednesday evenings and also on Sunday mornings. So we so look forward to hearing from you. You can go ahead and you can DHL ministry. You can write to us at consider.it.well at gmail.com. You can email us at consider.it.well at gmail.com. And you have an amazing few days until we meet again. Study the church of Ephesus, maybe even read Ephesians. 
and we'll see you again next time. God bless you all.